0: Welcome to our Saturday service. I'm praying that the Lord will touch your mind, touch your spirit, that the words that you hear here will be a blessing to you. I want to say from the very start, I've said it before, the information, the knowledge, the understanding that you are going to hear today is from a book written by Brother Glenn Goodwin. Brother Glenn Goodwin is a pastor of the Des Moines Assembly in the Iowa State in the U.S. The city is Des Moines. And um, the state is Iowa. And he has been a blessing to us. We are in a fellowship, we are in the same fellowship. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. And lest I take the credit, I would like to say from the very beginning that the information, the knowledge that you are hearing and you are going to hear is from his book, Prophecy Concerning the End Time Events. Some of you that have the book, or that are going, or have already read the book, it's just going to refresh your minds. But if you are hearing it for the first time, like many of our young people in our churches, it's going to be enlightening, and I'm sure you will be, (coughs) pardon me, you will be blessed And I pray that the Holy Ghost will touch your spirit, touch your mind, that what we talk about here can be a blessing to you. Not like I've I've already said, not every one of us is given an insight into the scriptures in the Bible. There are people that God touches Above others, and all it takes is just to be humble and to be ready to learn from another servant of God. That doesn't make you an inferior minister. You are just you just do what God has called you to do. So I really appreciate him. And I pray <clears throat> that our churches. Shall be blessed. We are going to examine the prophecies. We are getting deeper into the message and the time invents. We are going to examine the prophecies that apply to the end of Gentile time and the return of the Lord. When we speak about Gentile time, I'm sure. Many of us know that, but in a case, some are not really <coughs> very sure. If we can turn to Romans, this is, we are living in the times of the Gentiles. It's our time as Gentiles to really work, to really labor, and uh, work for God, win souls to the Lord, build the churches, do everything that is necessary to bring the glory to God. Is our time. And uh, when you read here in Romans chapter 11, and I will start from verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles, for to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them be the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? If just their fall, It has been a blessing to us, the Gentiles. How much more when the Lord brings them up. And in verse 12, For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, Paul says, I magnify mine office. Paul knew what he had been called to do, he was faithful in his call. I would to every one of us ministers knew what we have been called to do, to where we can operate and work in our calling, not trying to imitate, not trying to copy, not trying to be what we are not. But uh, you are before the Lord if the Lord has called you and. If he has called you, he will make you to know what he has called you to do. And then you become just faithful in what God has called you to do. Not wanting to be like a brother so-and-so, you want to be like sister so-and-so. But like the scripture says, let every man abide in his calling. And if every one of us can act like Apostle Paul... Uh, it would be wonderful. There wouldn't be confusion. There wouldn't be fighting. There wouldn't be undermining and all of this criticism and condemning because everything would be in order. Let all things be done decently and in order. And so Paul says, I'm magnifying in my office. I, he's saying you Gentile, uh, uh, Gentiles understand something. Uh, You are blessed because the Jews rejected the Messiah. Uh, Because of that, you have been blessed. He says, how much more when the Lord uh, will return to them. And in verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. That blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. God right now is harvesting Gentiles, harvesting Gentiles one after another, sometimes in uh, tens, sometimes in hundreds, sometimes in thousands. It's a time for the Gentiles to be harvested. And when the last Gentile will have been harvested, then God will return to his people, the Jews. Then God will return to the nation of Israel. So it's our time. When we speak about Gentile time here, it is our time. Gentile time is when the Lord is working more among the Gentiles than he's working among the Jews. Not that the Lord is not doing anything among the Jews. He is. Those are his people. But as for now, in the Gentile time, God is working more among the Gentiles than he is among the Jews. So let's utilize the time that we have before God turns to his people. Now, our source of the prophecies that we are going to look at is the Bible. The prophecies that we are going to look at is the Bible. Heaven and earth shall pass away, the scripture says, but my word shall not pass away. Uh, we turn to the Bible. I said some time back in our studies that everything that we believe as children of God, as born again people, everything that we believe should have a biblical backing. It should be in the Bible. If you turn here um, to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter... 8 Isaiah chapter 8 let's turn to Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 20 To the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word it is because there is no light in them God has given us his word. Anything, any prophecy that is not in line with the word of God, then it is a prophecy that has not been uh, uh, permitted or had not been authorized by God if it is not in line with the scriptures. So the prophecies we are going to see lot of prophecies or a number of prophecies but we are saying that uh, these prophecies are going to come from the Bible from the scriptures. I think it would be interesting also to look at Psalms 119. We can turn to Psalms 119. And um, verse 160. The word is true. When we turn to the Bible, the word of God is true from the beginning. The word of God is true from the beginning. And every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. We just wanted to show you That the word of God, when we turn to the word of God, it is true. Now, there is a lot of good information. And uh, it would be good for you to take notes and um, uh, imbibe this knowledge in your heart. It will be a blessing to you like it has been a blessing to us. Approximately one third of the Bible is prophecy. Can you imagine? About one third of the Bible is prophecy. That is interesting. That's why we must look at these prophecies Because one-third of the Bible, approximately, is prophecy. And again, one-fourth of the prophecies have been fulfilled. One-fourth, a quarter, of the Bible prophecies have been fulfilled. That's why you can ask yourself, do I know those prophecies that have been fulfilled? Do I take a study and look at the prophecies in the Bible? Are there men of God that can stand and uh, show us these prophecies? Are we uh, Do we know them? Or we just uh, read the Bible and uh, we just... Continue with the life. That's why it is important. It matters where you go to church. If somebody tells you I can go to any church. Uh, that is not very valuable. It matters where you go to church. Uh, there are places where you go and nothing like a prophecy from the Bible is examined. Nothing is said. Nothing is talked about. And yet... Uh, Christ told his disciples unto you uh, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We as the children of God are not meant to be like non-believers to whom Christ spoke in parables. They couldn't understand what Christ was talking about. He could give parables. Did they understand those parables? They didn't. So there are prophecies in the Bible. And when we say approximately a third of the Bible is prophecies, we must know these prophecies. What are these prophecies? And when it says, when it, we say that uh, a quarter of the Bible prophecies, of those prophecies that have been given, have been fulfilled, which are those? that have been fulfilled, which are those that are not yet fulfilled. That's why I continue saying it matters where you go to church. Don't just enter any church where the doors are open, just as it matters where you go to school. You don't just go to any school that has opened its doors, welcome, 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 this is a school, But will I benefit? Will I pass if I'm in that school? Will I attain my vision? And so it's not just a matter of attending a church. Am I being informed? Am I being uh, instructed? Do I know more about God every other day? Or I just enjoy praising of God, which is wonderful. Just enjoy rejoicing before the Lord, which is great. But do we sit down and the word of God is divided unto us? The word of God is given unto us. Christ could sit with his disciples for hours, for hours, teaching them the word of God, teaching them aright. right. He told the disciples, he says, my doctrine is not mine. That's the humility that many of us he didn't say, I, have, I want to be original. I want to be myself. I want to be me. I want to be me. I don't want to be somebody. When Christ came, he was very clear. He says, my doctrine is not mine, but one of one who sent me. He said, what I'm going to say to you is not mine. What I'm going to preach to you is not mine what i'm going to teach you is not mine but i got it from the one that sent me that's why i told you from the very beginning that all this information that we are having is from a book written by brother glenn goodwin without any fear without any embarrassment he's the one this information you are receiving He's from that book. God has touched his mind and has given us this information. To God be the glory, to God be the honor, and to God be the praise. So, if a quarter of the Bible prophecies have been fulfilled, then this validates the authority of the Bible as the word of God. If a quarter of those prophecies, there is this prophecy, it was fulfilled, there is this prophecy, it was fulfilled, there is this prophecy, and it was fulfilled. fulfilled, then this validates, this makes the Bible to be genuine, to be true, to be the true word of God, because the prophecies that are written therein have been fulfilled. And so this validates the authority of the Bible as the word of God. Now, three quarters of the prophecies that God has given to us, three quarters, three fourths, three quarters of the prophecies, that God has given to us pertain to the end time events. My God, can you imagine? Three quarters of the prophecies that God has given to us pertain to the end time events. In other words, it's important for us to know the end time events. Let me just not digress so much, but let me just show you one scripture. Many of us are looking forward to the return of the Lord. Lord, when are you coming? Things are so bad. Things are getting tougher and tougher. When are you coming? When will you come, Lord? I'm ready. You saved me. You baptized me with the Holy Ghost. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. They, didn't, they don't even know how events will occur. Amos says here, you who is saying the Lord, Come quickly. Lord, come quickly! You who is uh, shouting about the return of the Lord, in Amos chapter five and verse um, eighty, uh, verse eighteen, he says, "Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord! To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness." and not light. My God, we desire, every one of us, we have been looking forward, and we continue looking forward to the return of the Lord. But to what end is it? We must know, that's why, we cannot just joke with our lives, we cannot just live the way we want to live, we cannot just relate to one another the way we want to relate to one another. The Bible is clear. The scriptures are clear. We cannot relate to servants of God the way we want to relate to servants of God. The the way uh, the word of God is clear. He has given us instructions how to relate to, each other, to one another, how to relate to the state, how to relate to the people that are not Christians, how to relate to the servants of God and how to live our lives, how to eliminate sin from our lives, how to crucify the flesh, how to relate to the world. And you're just living in the world, you're a child of God, you're born again, baptized with the Holy Ghost, probably even in the body of Christ, but you're just living your life and somehow when is the Lord coming? You are joking, my brother. You are a joke. Uh, You are joking. It's not going to be good for you. It's not. You are living the way you live. You you don't even come to church. Uh, Church for you is out. You are joking. He said, to what end is that day going to be for you? You think it's just going to take you? Then God wouldn't be holy. If he takes in everything, everybody living their own lives, doing whatever they want, and he comes and says, all right, I'm taking you. I'm all taking you. You are in the bride of Christ. If you don't become with the serious with the things of God, woe unto you. And again I say, woe unto you. You better turn and repent. Uh, there are convictions probably in your lives. So you know sins in your life, things that you do. Uh, you play around with God's money. You play around with with grudges in your heart. My God, even you don't even know how to live with your spouse. All of these things the word of God deals with. To what end is that of the Lord? That's why we need this information so that we can put our lives right. So that we can have, like those ladies in the book of Hebrews, so that we can have a better resurrection. A better resurrection. And a better resurrection is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy, spiritually prosperous and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. They shall be priests and kings, and they shall rule and reign with Christ for 1,000 years. These were are people... Uh, These will be people that would have humbled themselves, would have obeyed the word of God. They they are people that are like someone that never let the word of God fall to the ground. And so... If you are just living careless and seated and doing nothing for God, not working for God, not doing anything for God, and you just say, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the Lord to come. I'm just waiting for the Lord to come for me. I'm a bride member. I'm going to be in the bride. You are just joking. That is wishful thinking. And wishful thinking cannot take you anywhere. Better be serious with your Christian life. And so we said three quarters of the prophecies that God has given to us pertain to the end time events. Then we have a lot of numbers here. There are at least 333 prophecies. 333 prophecies. Three 333 prophecies concerning Christ in the Old Testament. Right there you see people who say I'm under grace. I'm not under the law. We are not under the law as far as pertaining to righteousness. But The moral law, moral law is still in effect. And people don't bother to read the Old Testament. It says boring. It's not relevant. I don't see any meaning. Then that's why we are going to be ignorant. And ignorant is destructive in every sense of the word. Uh, Christ will come and we will not even know. And it's because we have ignored part of the word of God. We must read the entire Bible. Now look at that. Hear this. There are at least 333 prophecies concerning Christ in the Old Testament. Just to confirm, just to say something more about that, if you can turn with me to John. Uh, Let's look at John here. John chapter uh, 5. John chapter 5, verses 46 and 47. Very few people know (coughs) that Christ is talked about in the Old Testament. Very few people know that there are scriptures that talk about Christ in the Old Testament. You meet so many people, they go to church with just New Testament. New Testament. They say the Old Testament is outdated. There is nothing good there. We are under grace. We are not under the law. We don't follow the law of Moses. We are under grace. My God. Doesn't the Old Testament say, thou shalt not steal? And then in the New Testament Paul says let him that tall still normal. Why do you say ah, the Old Testament is not relevant? And so here in the book of John chapter 5 verses 46 and 47 For had he believed in Moses he would have believed me for he wrote of me do you see, Christ is even in what Moses wrote. Christ, Moses wrote about Christ. In the Old Testament, we have the first five books of Moses. And Moses wrote about Christ. That's why Christ is talking and is saying, for had he believed in Moses, had you read the, old, the Torah, had you read the Torah, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. That means we must read the entire Bible. But if you believe not his writings, if you don't believe the Old Testament, and you say it is not relevant, how shall he believe my words? He says, my words agree with what Moses wrote. If you don't believe what Moses wrote, how will you believe my words? Because Moses and I, Moses and Christ are one. Moses and Christ are one. You cannot believe one and leave the other. They are one. That's why he's saying, if you don't believe what Moses wrote, then how are you going to believe my words? In other words, Christ was saying, Moses and I are one. We are in the same mind. So, it's important to study the entire Bible. It's important to study the scriptures of the Old Testament. Also, look at Luke 24. Luke 24. And uh, verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, to these disciples that were uh, on their way to a mouse. uh, I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. Right there again we have Moses. And in the prophets things that were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. The entire Bible is just talking about one individual christ tie a bible whether it's moses the prophets (coughs) the psalms so on and so forth there is a lot to say about christ it's not just that you read the new testament for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever Liveth in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is all that I need. I don't need to read the Old Testament. I don't need it. The Old Testament is too hard. No, 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 no. It's because you haven't found a place where the word of God is divided. A place. That's why I keep saying it matters where you go to school. It matters where you go to church. Prophecies, they must be dealt with. We must know them as children of God, as born-again believers. Find for yourself, pray, God, where are your people? Where are your children? Where are you preparing your children for your return? Where are they? Lead me, pray. And God is faithful. He will lead you. So, you need to read the entire Bible. We continue. Only 109 were fulfilled at his first advent. We are talking about prophecies. Remember we have said that there are at least 333 prophecies concerning Christ in the Old Testament. 333 prophecies. Now we are adding on and saying only one hundred and nine were fulfilled at his first advent. His first coming. First advent means his first coming. Of the 46 Old Testament of the 46 Old Testament prophets, less than 10 prophesied of his first advent. Of the 46 Old Testament prophets, less than 10 prophesied of the first advent events. While 36 speak of the events of the end time. 10 plus 36 we have 46. We are saying of the 46 Old Testament prophets prophets. Less than 10 prophesied of the first advent events. What would transpire during Christ's first coming, during Christ's first advent? Less than 10 prophesied of the events that would transpire at his first advent. While 36 Speak of the events of the end time. 36, speak of the events of the end time. I said we have many, a lot of numbers here. There are 330. That shows that men, some, God has touched some men to study the Bible. Why don't we humble ourselves before those men? Rather than claiming, I've also been called. You have great ministry; you can get people saved. But after you have got people saved, what more do you do? Are you able to prepare those people for the return of the Lord? Or the next thing is to get them rich, to get them prosper? Do you do? Do you go beyond that and prepare? Not every person. Look at this information people that God has touched and they have availed us this information. There are uh, 330 New Testament verses which refer directly to the return of the Lord. 330 New Testament verses. Verses, which refer directly to the return of the Lord. <clears throat> Look at that. We need to know a lot. That's why we need the gospel light. So, more, Jesus referred to his return 25 all that information in the scriptures in the Bible God help us that there will be a desire to read the Bible a desire to study the Bible I'm going slowly so that we understand it's no use for me to speak like a machine gun and then you don't get what I intend you to get it's better we go, we study little by little when we are understanding. So my going down, going on slowly speaking, slowly giving you time to take notes. Because this is important information. We must know the end time events. We cannot just live in ignorance hoping we shall have a better resurrection. That would be wishful thinking. And wishful thinking cannot take you anywhere. So there are more, uh, I mean, Jesus referred to his return 25 times. There are more than 50 admonitions in the New Testament. More than 50 Admonitions in the New Testament to be ready for Christ to return. Look at that. And may not even know these admonitions that tells us, you know, be ready for Christ to return. Admonitions, do this because Christ is going to return. The way we are to conduct ourselves, the way we are to behave, The way we are to order our life, there are more than 50 admonitions in the New Testament to be ready for Christ's return. In other words, these 50 admonitions are telling us to be ready. They are not telling us just to sit down. They are telling us to be ready for Christ's return. That's a lot. 50 admonitions in the New Testament to be ready for Christ's return for Christ to return so may God help us so that we can heed to what the scripture is saying now the collection of detailed information about the end time this collection of detailed information which we would call compendium 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 the collection of detailed information vast information about the end time is found in the book of Revelation. Detailed, the book of Revelation. So, many of us hardly look at that book, even though it is in the New Testament, our popular part of the Bible. But uh, when it comes to Revelation, we don't. But detailed information, vast information, about the end time, Is found in that book of Revelation. So the book of Revelation is a book about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, like I've said, we really desire the Lord to come because of what we are going through. We desire to come because we want to partake of that glory We are tired, we have suffered, we have gone through sicknesses, we have seen our loved ones uh, die. And we say, Lord, the curse, we are under the curse. When will you lift the curse? When will you come? When will you come, Lord? But are we studying the book of Revelation? Because the book of Revelation is a book about the coming Of the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of of Revelation is a description of the events which surround the Second Advent events that surround the Second Advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just going to be the Second Advent, it's not just one big event. Boom! No! There are events that surround Christ's second coming, Christ's second advent. And we must know those events that surround Christ's second coming. When you read the book of Revelation, from chapter 4 on to the end of the book, it is a prophetic period. From chapter 4, Up to the end, it is a prophetic period. It is a description of things which must be thereafter or hereafter. You look at Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. We need to study this book. We need to, uh, food. We need to not to be malnutrited. We need a balanced diet. Not just to know how to be blessed here on Earth. It's wonderful. Every one of us would like to be blessed here on Earth. But uh, apart from that, Uh, how about knowing the events that surround Christ's coming? So, here in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up, see and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, here God, Christ was revealing to his servant, John, of things that would transpire Hereafter, or thereafter. And so it is important for us to know these things. And uh, precious things are not got everywhere. You have to look for them. So, as it will be seen, the book of Revelation presents end time events. In essentially, chronological order, chronological order to be seen, as it will be seen, the Book of Revelation presents end time events. In essentially, chronological order. They are not just haphazard, but in sequence. So, like I was saying, from the fourth chapter to the 22nd chapter, the events of the end of Gentile time, the events of the end of Gentile time, like I've said, the Gentile time, we are, the Gentile time are prophetically displayed in sequence. Those events are prophetically displayed in sequence. That's why we are going to study them. So the book of Revelation takes all the prophecies of end time events and brings them together in sequence. End time events and brings them together in sequence. Now to understand these events we are going to start by giving a general overview so that you have a rough picture of what is going to take place. So to understand these events we are going to start by giving a general overview or outline, we can say outline of any time events. We are going to start by having an outline of any time events. And this will be a brief description without quoting scriptures to confirm. Scriptures are going to be given when we start to go into the details. But we are just going to start with outline of those events. So. The events can be divided into eight different stages. These events can be divided into eight different stages. Um, they are not equal in a time period. Don't say the time period for each probable event is the same. They are not equal in time period. The length of these stages varies from a moment to three and one half years, three and a half years, to one thousand years, to eternity. Get it right. It varies from A moment, like we are going to say, in a twinkling of an eye, that's a moment. To three and one half years, a period of one, three and one half years, three and a half years. Then we have one thousand years. Then we have eternity. And I trust you are taking notes. I pray that you write good notes. We don't always have time to go over. We are trying to go slowly so that we can have this information in our notebooks and every now and then we go over and study them. So we start with stage one. Stage one. This involves the first three and a half years. Stage one involves the first three and a half years of the last prophetic hour of Gentile time. There is going to be the last prophetic hour of Gentile time. If that prophetic hour is seven years, then stage one involves the first three and a half years of the last prophetic hour of the Gentile time. So, during these three and a half years or immediately prior to it, during these three and a half years or immediately prior to it, Seven seals are opened. Seven seals. That is stage one. Seven seals are opened. The book of Revelation speaks of seals. What are these seals? Those are things we are meant to know. So during these three and a half years, the first three and a half years, of the last prophetic hour of gentile time or immediately prior to it seven seals are opened these seals represent occurrences that lead to the end time these seals represent occurrences that lead to the end time and the initiation of the judgment of God upon this earth. They represent occurrences that lead to the end time and the initiation of the judgment of God upon this earth. This, it will not always be business as usual Time is coming that God is going to begin to start to judge. He's a holy God. He cannot just wink at sin. When Jesus Christ carried our sins, he had to die. He didn't just pretend he had to die. Jesus Christ had to die to fulfill the justice of God. And that's why if we are to be in the first resurrection Christ or God the Father must not have any charge against you blessed spiritually prosperous and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection being a holy god he must judge and if we are going to be in the first resurrection God must not have any charge against you. So any unconfessed sin like we were saying last Wednesday, every unconfessed sin must be punished. He's a holy God, yet, I mean, he's a merciful God, yet he judges sin. So time, church, saints of God, ahead of us, there is going to be a time when God pours out his judgment upon this earth. He has been judging it, but the way he has done it is not the way he's going to do it when that time comes. Also, during these three and a half years, seven trumpet plagues fall, on the earth. In the scriptures we have the seven trumpet plagues that will fall on the earth. We are going to see them. The judgment of God intensifies. The church of Jesus Christ is at the very pinnacle of its power during these three and a half years. I tell you that will be an experience of a very great power. I shall give power unto my two witnesses. The church of Jesus Christ is at the very pinnacle of its power. At the top during the three and a half years. The church will be prophesying with great power. Seven leading apostles will be delivering a message that will bring the church to the attention of the world. When these seven men, seven leading apostles, and it is God who knows them, we cannot anoint them, we may not even know them, but there is going to be seven leading apostles that are going to deliver a message. And this will bring the church to the attention of the world. The world will start to say, hey, what's happening? It is also during these first three and a half years that God turns back to the nation of Israel. That's why we should work hard. God is going to turn back to his people and uh, begins a process that eventually seals 144,000 Jews with the seal of his Holy Ghost. God is going to seal the natural Jews. We are the spiritual Jews. The natural Jews... 144,000 with the seal of his spirit. So, God is going to do a lot of things. That is stage one. Time always cuts us short. We will deal with other stages as time goes on. Going slowly you can go over, uh, put these things in your mind, then let them drop into your heart. Begin to put your life right. Don't live a careless life. Do the needful. Let's obey God's word. Keep listening and you will be blessed. God bless you.